0: Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. I look like I've been sleepwalking in the closet, and I have swallowed a coat hanger. (laughs) Because I just got this grin. All of my
1: face. Should we count them down? Uh, The sun is shining in Victoria today. Number one. Uh, I've lost count now of the number of days we've had zero new COVID cases and zero deaths. Is it five or six? I think it's seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, the Premier announced this morning uh, restrictions, including those on hospitality, will continue to be eased.
0: Regional Victoria, hello. And um, I'm not sure about the rest of Australia, but uh, yes. Uh, but we're doing a food show. We are. We should talk about food. And we shall indeed. Let's see now. What have we got today? Um, well, actually, we, well, we're hoping. I'm hoping to get Yoast Baker on the phone. <laughs> you were in the city yesterday. I was in the city. Photos I, was, on Instagram. I was down there on River Terrace, if you want to see what it's all about. Yes. Uh, my Instagram is uh, eatitcam.com. Where,
1: where is River Terrace for those who may not know or those who uh, are unable to travel there until midnight tonight? South,
0: South of Fed Square. So it is um, It is still part of Fed Square. Yes. Um, so it is that glorious walkway on the northern um, part of the Yarra. I
1: remember the first time I went there many years ago, I think I was with you, and you said this is a great spot on a hot day because it's so cool there. There's the, the cooling breeze comes off the river.
0: Yes, and you've uh, got – Bluestone um, keeps you nice and temperate. And also uh, more than, I'd say, a 100-year-old oaks and elms yes. that are around there that mingle in with um, with humongous lemon-scented gums. And mm. it's sort of a, a juxtaposition almost and it describes the way that, uh, shall we say, that the early settlers regarded this strange place with the strange fauna. <laughs> well, what do you do? Make it look like England. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah, these weird animals everywhere. That's right, we'll plant elms and everything will be all right. But Yoast is down there and he's just um, about to unveil his latest iteration of mm. um, of Greenhouse. And oh, right, yes. what is Greenhouse? Well Greenhouse by Yoast um, is a fabulous collaboration. Um, And it's – how would you describe it? A self-sustaining closed-loop two-bedroom home that will shelter, feed, and provide energy for its inhabitants. Um, This human-driven system, it mimics nature. Mm -hmm. um, And they – it is – I suppose the most important thing is, one, closed-loop system. And the thing that I think we can all get excited about – is the fact that this is all going to be open source? So mm. this is like the Linux <laughs> of of food spaces. I knew you'd like that. I was preparing <laughs> that for you. Is Linux still a thing?
1: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. The can. Penguin
0: still rocks. Yes. Okay. So the so therefore all this stuff, these ideas, this um, innovation that is taking place mm. within this, yes, uh, will all be available to the public to make your own. Green spaces. Yeah, cool. So, um, I, yes, I was down there and I had a look um, at the space. It's not quite complete yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Stone, uh, Matt, and, Matt and Joe yes. uh, are going to be uh, moving in there soon. They'll be habitating that space. So formerly of
1: uh, Oak Ridge Restaurant. Yes. Out in the Arrow Valley. So if you don't want to check out to the Arrow Valley, and you really should, but if you don't, well, then you'll be able to have they, that food
0: in the city. Um, they aren't there anymore. Uh, of no, they're course, not. I was speaking of Joe Barrett. Yes. We've spoken to Joe many times. I've never been able to get mad on the. to speak in all these times. Because <laughs> they've always been busy at Oak Ridge. They've left Oak Ridge. Yes. They're about to take residence in this space. So, there you go. That's who we hope to speak to. I just. Yep. Anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll see if he answers the phone. We'll see if he answers the phone. Oh, fingers crossed. If you know Yoast, if you're close to him. Um, um, uh, throw a stone against his window just <laughs> Remind to <get> him <laughs> yeah, Mate, you've got a commitment here John at the market is in yes. um, a good mood um, I popped in and said hello to him um, I asked him a question To wash or not wash vegetables His answer might surprise Ooh, you I'll look out for that And then
1: We're totally team wash, by the way Team at wash At our household Okay, well, stay tuned Okay, uh, and then you were saying Digger I remember
0: him. He's back. Yeah, Digger's going to be on. And um, he's going to be talking about, well, what a busy boy he's going to be because he's just got back to work. Yes. Booked out for a year. Whoa. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? And for a, a freelancer... Looking at that, I go. Really, <laughs> years work well. Yeah, regular
1: AAA listeners that know Digger. Obviously, from the Breakfasters, every couple of weeks he's on um, yes. and used to do a show immediately after us. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? All of these service uh, industries are uh, the the flood of business. It's, it's really heartening to see. And of course, if we look at uh, the hospitality industry, yep. um, And you said a couple of weeks. You said it really well. Did uh, I? What was that? Th- th- <laughs> th- th- just, just to remember that this isn't. You know, this isn't over for. Oh, this industry God, or other. this is the start. Yeah. Because you rightly said, for example, when, when businesses were closed and unable to trade, they didn't get a rent abatement. They got a, they got a deferment. Deferral. Most yeah. sort of businesses. So yeah. the next 12 months- Is catch up. Is probably going to be harder
0: than the last six months. It's, uh, yeah. It's going to be harder than the last six months. It's on a business that was running on a knife edge anyway at yes. full numbers when we yes. look at that in February.
1: And there would be some businesses operating right now open, uh, but operating at a loss. Yes, and
0: there'll be some businesses with no um, no ability mm. to, uh, to just put people on the footpath.
1: No, it's It's been really good to see some of the creative solutions that HOSPO um, have come up with to try and take advantage of that outside space. But as you say, not all places can do that. I had coffee on Burke Street. Oh, you and the little sort of thing up near uh, Florentino there.
0: Literally on Burke Street yeah, because good, what they've done there, that's one of the precincts. Yep. Um, I had a little uh, flat white uh, on the side, well, on, on the street, and they've built like this green oasis on the top end of Burke Street. So that's one place that um, will manage to do okay. It was interesting to see. I think the premier in the, and the
1: newly re-elected, Mayor was saying. Oh, so the uh, caps
0: is back, yeah.
1: Yeah, i um, saying they might, you know, this, this, this could be a good thing. We'll try and potentially make it permanent in the warmer months in future years. So this could be a really indeed positive change to come out of what's been an absolute
0: cluster of a year. A cluster of a year, very, yes. very nicely put, a little bit of restraint from, from young man. And also a mention um, regarding uh, Sally Caps's uh, successful incumbency, I suppose you could sort of mm-hmm. call it, is that um, someone who is no stranger to 3 triple RFM, mm-hmm. his name is James yes. Young, James Hound Dog Young. Yes. Um, there is rumours around. Swirling. Swirling. Rumours. See that? That was a rumour. That he will become... The nightmare. Although we didn't get elected, so that might be hard. But uh, no, no, James Young might become the mm. nightmare of Melbourne in uh, what's in association with Sally Caps. Maybe, yeah. No, we'll, we'll see what happens. Hmm. But um, like, he could be uh, a good advocate for uh, the restaurant industry because he's certainly on the ground floor there. With um, of course, he has Cherry Bar. Yes, which I imagine they'd be doing it. Well then, it wouldn't be open. No, I recently relocated see, up this to a is, Little
1: Collins Street after many years in ACDC Lane.
0: Yeah, yeah, and this is the the thing that we see with um, this gradual reemergence of our economy There's that um, the last ones. Who are left is all the people within the arts. Yes. So there should be some sort of acknowledgement for the the difficulties that they still faced and will face ongoing. For, yeah. Here, here. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the show. We had an interesting experience mm-hmm. in that um, we had this um, synchronicity happening between <laughs> suburbs <laughs> on Friday. Yes. Where um, we went together. No, but we were on screen. And we shared the same experience. We did. And uh, for that, we have to thank Mario Simoni from the, now let me see, let me get this right, uh, from the King Street Cafe. Yes. Um, previously known as Cafe Spriga. He's, uh, um, I suppose we'd have to say, a good buddy of the show. He's yes. been a great supporter of the show. Um, and has been running an event called Aperitivo at Home. Yes. Which is
1: where a bunch of yummy stuff turns up on your doorstep. Which has been a pretty common occurrence in the last six months. Yes, but, uh, but this was a little bit of a twist. A little difference because you jump on your favourite video conferencing tool of choice. Yeah. And you actually taste it. It's a hosted tasting with Mario and, uh, and whoever else just happens to be yes. on the VC at the same time.
0: Yes, and, uh, and it was good. We had uh, three drinks, yes. some really, really interesting um, food pairings. Um, there were these... Awesome peppered figs with um, with the cheese with Meredith Goat's cheese. Yes, which uh, went very very well. There was a dirty martini involved. <laughs> which um, is a good way to start a Friday <laughs> evening, we yeah. Um And if you've never had one of those, that's a martini where you put in a little bit of the brine from the olive juice. So mm-hmm. it makes it kind of salty and savoury. Uh, so. Yeah, and that's um, that's around, and I think we'd have to say we heartily recommend it. Yeah, it's good fun. It is good fun, and if you're interested in that, I think Appetivo Hour, uh, or, uh, uh, King Street Appetivo Home, yes. Yes, so look that up. It's uh, We can say it gets the uh, the stamp of approval from Matt and myself. Yoast, you rocker. G'day. How are you doing? How are <laughs> I'm, t-
2: I'm good. I'm doing t- t- right. Veggie- I'm in my veggie patch, and it's... The weeds are taller than the leeks at the moment, and the carrots are about to flower. And my mother-in-law is about to get the eggs.
0: Yes, and it's all looking beautiful. So you're not down at um, Fed Square
2: this fine no, no. glorious day. No, no. I've uh, spent enough time down there. I thought I'd spend a day up in the hills.
0: Sounds like a, a damn good thing. Well, I got to spend some time with you yesterday, and it was. An awesome, awesome catch-up. It's always great to see you, But uh, you do, you've got a, a new address, um, which yeah. is uh, which is coming up very, very soon, on River Terrace.
2: And what it's called? It's River I Terrace. I didn't realise it was called River Terrace. There you go. So lots of people have asked me, where is it? And I'd say, it's at Fed Square on the riverside.
0: There you go, so yeah.
2: Above R- Riverland.
0: Yeah, above Riverland, so on the Terrace. Um, I'm wondering is, are you going to build a little post box for it, and will there be mail deliveries uh, for Matt Stone and Joe Barrett once they move in? Definitely. I think he should, a little, little post yeah. box. you will be n- number 1A, um, what is it it's here, River, River Terrace. Um, Yoast, I did get to have a, a look at this three-story magnificent um, testing bed of ideas and innovative thinking, and... I was sort of, uh, well, yeah, I was sort of ruminating about it yesterday in the fact that this is a culmination of the ideas that you have had since we met, which is, I don't know, what, about 20 years ago or something?
2: Yeah, um, it's, yeah, I suppose it's, it's, greenhouse. it's, the idea goes back since the start. I mean, the original greenhouse was never really meant to be a restaurant. It was supposed to be a house.
0: Yeah, right.
2: And, um... I kind of had to make it financially stack up, so we turned it into <laughs> an event space and restaurant. And then, of course, I, I'm quite obsessed with that idea of zero waste, so I started mm. talking to winemakers about putting wine in kegs and all. And then I don't think anyone really took the idea of it being a house seriously. So yeah, this time round, it is a house, and that's what it is. And, you know, it's um, I'm really, really excited, and Matt and Joe are really pumped, and, and, you know, I think we're a few weeks away from hopefully having the first... You know having to move
0: in well it is um it's there are just so many ideas um that are contained within the walls of this house and on the outside of the house that it does literally make your head spin because i was sort of trying to write them all down you know to uh to get them from you know from the what is it uh, what's in the floor M- manganese or was it magnesium Magnesium, yeah, magnesium. Magnesium um, fireproof um, floors to corrugated iron that has no seams, that is bent around um, to, well, maybe we should just... I need to take a breath and just let you tell me about this project and what's contained within.
2: Yeah, uh, it's really just uh, uh, an aspirational project that shows what potential is when we actually think in terms of zero waste... So, like everything for me, everything revolves around the idea of zero waste, and I think that yep. the sooner, sooner we as a society um, use zero waste systems, the quicker we can become sustainable. And so, building materials are chosen. A very simple uh, philosophy when it comes to, when it comes to design. I design in reverse. So I go to the end and, and 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 make my way back to the beginning. So I start at the end and then work my way back. And so, if if at the end. Um, if we design in a conventional way, we think about, oh, that's, that's, the, that's what we want, and then at the end we end up with a waste material that can't be recycled. Whereas mm. you start at the end and design it out from the, from the beginning, then, you know, that's kind of my approach, and that rules out about 95% of materials that are currently being used. So, you know, everything from the battery system to the walls to the cladding to the, the straw panels to the thing, I just think that there's such huge potential in in our um, urban environment, in our homes, to uh, harvest and generate energy, to to grow food. And and, um, and as we approach 8 billion people, I think that new food systems and, and having a food system where you live is the most practical, logical, and, and not only that, you've got just these huge benefits of living and, and waking up in your food system. You know, we've got a bed that's called a grow bed where, you know, you've got plants on the bedhead and You know, you're waking up with that microflora that's in the air, so I'm trying to create, Mm. like, an indoor air environment that's similar to what you would smell and feel when you walk into a forest. And, you know, we've got polystyrene from, you know, all the Miller fishing arrived last week, and they were about to take all the styrofoam with them. Mm. No, 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 leave it. I need it. And I said, this is bizarre. We thought that, you know, So no, no, wait till you see what I'm going to do that. And we feed that to a particular mealworm. And, you know, the cardboard gets ground up and gets used... To feed um, as a food, food source for mycelium and mushrooms, and you know, it, so once you start thinking in, in, in the term in terms of living zero waste, yep, I just think it's such an exciting
0: concept. Oh, look, it it really, really is, and uh, you, some of the things that you showed me were just uh, pretty jaw dropping, to be quite uh, honest with you. One was the paneling, which um, is uh, a bit thicker than plasterboard. Uh, doesn't contain any chiprock in it at all. It contains straw, and um,
2: and yeah, you're telling me yeah. it's
0: actually cheaper than plaster.
2: Well, I mean, if you're taken into account that you would buy a plasterboard and then you would need an in, you know a stud wall and insulation and all yep. that sort of stuff, so you don't need that in this instance. And it, the amazing thing is, I've built up a really great relationship with the, the the family that owned DuraPanel. It's DuraPanel which has been made since 1952 in Bendigo. Yeah and it was originally designed and uh, an idea that came out of Sweden before World War 2 and then, and then the factory came here just before the Olympics came to a, to Melbourne and it was a really popular product in the 60s but then kind of lost its you know really? as, as people tried to move away from that hippie straw you know going you know yeah. going from uh, linoleum to vinyl going to small synthetic materials that
0: faint whiff of patchouli yes
2: and but now you know it's time has come again it's, and ironically they're actually the last factory left in the world that make it, and then now most of the durapanel wow. panel that they actually make go goes back to europe and um you know it's it's just remarkable that the biggest waste material every time we grow rice wheat um, barley oats you know there's straw that that is uh, rem- that remains and i've been a huge advocate for using it as an alternative for wood chips and cardboard and paper, and this some really amazing paper companies coming out of India that are using straw and, you know, we could be using it in our building materials and you just have this incredible acoustic, um, I mean, it's mostly sold actually as a natural acoustic uh, material, but, you, you, you experienced it yesterday, you know. And you just uh, the sound inside that room is just amazing.
0: Oh, yeah, it's fantastic, and um, um, it, so so much is in there. You've got uh, the digester, which uh, is a pretty amazing thing, which will uh, break down plant waste, but also in that it'll uh, it'll provide uh, cooking gas for you.
2: Yeah, well, that's. I, I'm actually interested first and foremost in it because. Anyone that's ever made compost with cow manure understands that as soon as you introduce cow manure to your compost pile, it transforms into something rich and magical almost you know it's like, uh, you, 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 it 's it, like it's just the most incredible compost and it's good so shit. I was trying to think well i can't, i can't have, i can 't have a cow <laughs> roaming in fed square because the grass will last about thirty seconds yeah. and started looking into that and it uses exactly the same microflora it is good and 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 also transforms organic waste into plant available nutrients but it's kind of like it's it's the microflora that that blows blows me away you know you're introducing all because it's fermentation that does it and then the the byproduct is methane which you can use we a little Weber on the roof that's going to be powered by that and um the company where it comes from biogas in israel they've actually got hydronic floor heating systems and um, indoor air, you know, so each and every one of us globally produces on average about 1.1 kilo of organic waste with, you know, the stuff that you throw in your bin and your scraps when you're cooking and what goes down the toilet, but that's, that's equal to about an hour of gas. So we're producing co- close to 8 billion hours a day of energy that we're actually not using, which mm-hmm. is insane.
0: It is insane. And there's a lot of insanity in the world. And, uh, you're one of these people that, uh, Bring us innovation and a way forward, uh, which is uh, is a great thing. And my my hats so off to you. When is this uh, when is this address going to be open? And uh, the general public, how can they uh, interact with it?
2: Well, at the moment, we are working on because of the COVID thing. We are working on uh, a three dimensional. With Foria, a brilliant um, augmented reality company in Melbourne, they're creating a, a 3D model of the house that have been taking digital copies. Yep. So you can actually walk through the building and, and feel all the elements and learn about them, and, and they'll keep updating that. Got um, good thing productions is uh, Paul Wigard and Nick Batsis are, are, are funding a documentary, which is being filmed, which is going to be great. Um, uh, my friend Margaret Zhang is also making a documentary, um, uh, for it, so there's some really good, um, yeah, that yeah, it's being documented really well, and then we've got a future food systems website, and we, depending on what the government says, but today's announcement's really good. We'll hopefully be able to have some tours through, and um, I'm hoping, yeah, by early uh, early December, Matt and Joe will be in, and uh, and we can really get this project um, up and running.
0: So it is at uh, River Terrace. Go to have a little look at it, and you can see uh, it growing on the on the Yarra and Yost. Thank you for being Yost,
2: and uh, thank you for uh, helping me with planting the garden yesterday. It was good to see. Look, uh, it's always
0: good to catch up. Look forward to seeing you soon. Big good day to Matt and Joe, and uh, and let's talk a little bit about it at some other time during summer. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Yost. Love your work, mate. He's a legend. Did you plant some plants? I just did a little bit. You I know. didn't know. You had this skill. <laughs> See these thumbs? Sun shining. And there's a bit of bustle too. Mm.
3: Beautiful morning. Good morning, everybody. It's a spring in the step. Oh, definitely. Even Cameron said, I'm happy, happy this morning.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And I'm here at the market with John, of course. Because you know that sound, don't you, everyone? And we've got some cheeky sparrows. Yeah, they're baby
3: sparrows, and um, they have no fear. They're hopping around looking for little insects or mm. the odd pea that I've dropped on the floor. They're, they are good enough to break them open and then uh, pull out the pee out of the pot and break that open again and just eat the soft bits
0: in the middle. They well, love it. They're learning. Yeah. And, and we also say use an old-fashioned term and say... They've got more front than Myers, those sparrows. Definitely, mate. They need it. They need to eat, mate. Well, yeah, I suppose they do. Um, Glorious-looking display here this morning. Yeah, as usual, we're really blessed because everything's
3: fresh, everything's vibrant. The prices are still very reasonable considering that we've had uh, heat waves and a lot of rain in some areas. um, Pestilence. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, we're very lucky in that respect and... um, Just to show you what um, a lot of rain and a little bit of heat can do. Our sweet corn is normally pristine, very nice and straight, clean, no grub on top. Um, They couldn't get in to um, spray, so the grubs moved in. They had a picnic. They had all the top of the corn, which is good because there are no chemicals. Yeah. And the peas are bigger and fatter than what we'd normally like, but still very nice and sweet. Boom. They couldn't get in because the paddocks were flooded.
0: Oh, wow, really? <laughs> um, couldn't can get the machinery in? Yeah, so, you know, there you go. Oh, that brings me actually to a question I've been meaning to ask you for a while. Washing of vegetables and fruit. What are your thoughts on it? Washing them? Yeah, like when you get home, should you rinse, Um, should you wash everything?
3: Well, no, I'll I'll give you a prime example of what you should do. Yesterday, my mother gave me lettuce from the garden, and it's no different than a commercial uh, lettuce. Mm -hmm. It can be full of um, grubs or a bit of dirt or dust, whatever. Uh, I would always recommend that if you're buying a lettuce, make sure there's no, uh, no one having a feast before you. And put it straight in the fridge. Yes. Or if it's a little bit dirty, anything's dirty, just rub any dirt off, put them straight in the fridge or the pantry or your storage box because not everything goes in the fridge. Yeah. Um, I definitely wouldn't wash things because um, you know, things don't keep as well and a lot of things have been washed already once um, on the farm. Um, sometimes the beans, if there's been a dust storm, they'll wash them and dry them and pack them if not they're packed straight in a box Mm. um i think it changes the consistency of the outer leaves and it starts to break down so better that they wilt naturally um and um when you pull them out of the fridge or wherever you you go straight from there by the time you're washing them a little bit more life comes back into uh, anything that's dehydrated and you cook it up and everything's beautiful
0: Yeah, especially with your salady sort of things. If you uh, soak in cold water, it can revive things that uh, might look a bit sad sometimes.
3: Definitely, and if you wash them the day before, they go brown on the edge. Um, A lot of the flavour leaks out into the water that you wash them in first time.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to say something. Vegetarians look away for a sec, but this, um, I I think, um, uh, gives credence to what you say because when you talk about people dressing an animal... Um, A lot of times, if you do it with water, it won't keep as long. If you do it without, that's a better thing because you uh, limit the amount of bacteria that can get into... And that's another thing as well,
3: yes, bacteria. Uh, Because if you've got too much moisture on your vegetables uh, and your your crisper, the bottom half of the fridge is... um, too cold, Mm -hmm. it will either freeze your vegetables or they will start to rot from bacteria that's on them.
0: Okay. And I'm sure there's going to be some people screaming at the radio now going, what are you talking about? We always wash everything and we wash everything and we wash everything. Is there anything that you would say, yeah, that must be washed?
3: No, not really. I'd rather deal with it when
0: it's going into the pot. And what about pesticide residues? I'm sure that because there'll be people that'll be worried about that.
3: Yeah, see, people do worry about that. Sometimes our local tomatoes might have a little bit of a greenish dust on them, Mm. which is copper sulphate, which is a natural chemical. Mm. Uh, They use that to stop bacteria and stop some pests. Also known as Bordeaux powder. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah in Italian, Sorry. it's called Verderama. It's got a beautiful name. What's Verderama? Um, the, uh, the green copper. Uh,
0: the green copper. Yeah. Verderama. Because it's copper, copper sulphate. copper sulphate, yeah, yeah. Sulfur. Sulfur. yeah, yeah. Um,
3: but that's spent after 24 hours. You know, yeah. there, there's no uh, side effects if you, if there's any left on the thing. So mm. uh, if you do see it, I just rub it off and put the tomato on the platter on the bench, not in the fridge because they crystallise. Mm. Um Everything else, our laws here are so stringent that I can guarantee that any chemicals that they've used would be spent well, well before they come to the table.
0: All right, so... Uh, The
3: problem is, sorry, just want to say one more thing. Go, yeah. They're very stringent with our fruit and stuff, but I don't know about the imported stuff. I don't think that the... um, um, Washington Sherry strength of of, um, the law is there with the imported stuff.
0: Okay. Well, and uh, remember, folks, these are just the opinions of John and myself, and you can take that or you can discard it. Exactly. There's there's, there's the disclaimer. Because
3: like I say, if uh, you've got the uh, recipe right, keep doing it.
0: (laughs) All right. That sounds good. Now, we've got a little bit of show and tell. You have brought to me... Oh, that's hard. It Um, is. A big, hard, heavy heavy beetroot what is this weight? this is 600 yeah, grams maybe
3: more maybe, maybe more. more now this is a beetroot that came from Warren down towards the peninsula mm. um it, it's not real pretty it's a little bit dry on the top and that's got no leaves yeah. it's a little bit pointy but it's a beautiful beetroot dish if you boil that whole. i take that home yeah
0: yeah
3: uh, i hope you do <laughs> um then peel it and slice it and dress it with a little bit of olive oil and vinegar, and you're going to have the best burger or salad or whatever. Um, it's full of um, uh, sugar as well. There's a lot of sugar in beetroots. Yeah. But it's very good because it's a blood purifier.
0: Fat-soluble vitamins. Yes, definitely. Yeah.
3: The, the Russians um, reckon they eat beetroots every day, all hmm. well, the ones I know. You've anyway. got to counteract <laughs> all that, <vodka>
0: that <laughs>
3: <drink>. <laughs> Yeah, you, You're oh, in my mind, mate. Yes. But no, it is good for you. <laughs> it's the antidote and the poison. It's Definitely. The uh, a lot of people enjoy beetroot juice. I find it too sweet, funnily enough. But I, I love eating beetroot. Beetroot
0: and carrot. Yeah, even and I, carrot I, juice, I still oh, find it. on A little bit of celery whack in there as well.
3: Yeah, that, just that, just... that's good because it balances out yeah, the yeah. salt levels as well.
0: Oh, that's a good juice. Um, I've brought out uh, my show and tell. (coughs) Excuse me. New season garlic.
3: Yeah, this came out of Werribee. Now, I've had some that came out of Swan Hill. Mm. Um, The Greek fellow down in Werribee grows it every year, and he started pulling it out. Describe what I'm holding. Uh, This has got that beautiful magenta colour. Um, and, And a lot of vegetables do have some of that purpley hue. This is that nice purple... What people expect of Australian garlic now, which is good—not that white rubbish. It's got a, yeah, yeah. it's got that very long strap at the end. And actually, I'll show you. I'll pull this back. Look how many strands. This one's only got six, but I've got one up there. Every piece of garlic's got a strap on the end. Oh right. And I keep saying to everyone, don't chop it and throw it. Use the green bit first, and then move on to the garlic itself. Now, don't wait for it to dry out. Enjoy it now, because when you open it up, it's nice and pearly. Mm. It's juicy. It's sweet. Yeah. You don't reek of garlic for two days, like some of the rubbish you can eat. Um, three, yeah. uh,
0: So, three in this little bunch?
3: These are uh, still on the expensive side. The smaller ones were selling $1.50, anything up to $2.50, yeah. for a huge garlic. Uh, well worth it, because you've got the benefit of the green stuff at the back first, which you can throw into a soup or fry up or whatever. Yep. Uh, we're going to have to do pick of the market, I think. Pick of the market. We've still got broad beans. These came out of um, Ardmana, which is up near Shepparton Way in the middle of Victoria. Um, they're nice, bright green outer shells. The beans inside are nice and big and juicy. Mm. Nice to steam up very quickly. Yes. Um... Where can I go? I was just talking to a fellow before. Everything's beautiful. We've got an overabundance of tomatoes. We've got about five or six cherry tomato varieties. We've got Murray Bridge. Then we've got the other heirlooms. We've got um, the Black Russians. We've got Rouge de Marmande, and we've got a new new cherry on the um, on the vine cherry tomato on the vine. Uh, everyone's been buying a little bit of everyone to see which they like best, but they still can't decide which is <laughs> good, so they keep buying everything. Yeah. Um, we've got some beautiful new little chats, very bright pink ones and very very shiny white potatoes. Beautiful to go and have a, a boil up and um, then chuck them on top of the barbecue just to brown them up on the outside yeah. or even to, to make wedges, You chop them into three. And fry them up to make a beautiful wedgie with a skin on
0: Or you could make a potato salad because you just reminded me I've got a bunch of dill in the fridge. That would be nice with with that.
3: Yeah, as long as you don't put half an inch on top. I don't like putting a lot of dill on potatoes. Just the sprinkling, just to break the colour.
0: Yeah, not too much. Go
3: for it. Um, Cauliflower's, big collies were selling $4.00. Normally, we throw them out at this time of year, but they got affected a little bit by the wind and the heat. Mm. Um, but with a cauliflower, you can have uh, three, four meals, or, or you can make a very big bake. Mm. Hey. Thanks, buddy. Oh, beautiful. Oh, what's going on here? Oh, sausages. I'm going to make you jealous, mate. Have a look at this. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. We're going to talk about this. Wow. Oh, wow. just astray stray a little bit. Uh, one of my regulars, uh, we've been talking about making salamis and that. Yep. He just handed me a venison and um, pork sausages. Beautiful. Always going to be good times at your place. Yeah, uh, it is. Okay, so, um, before we go, what's for dinner tonight? Dinner tonight, um, I took home some, um, the big mini Roma trusses that were ripe. They fell off the vine. Mm. And I took my life into my own hands. and said, Franca, please, can we have a Mafalda, which is um, a long curly pasta?
0: Oh, yeah, my yeah.
3: Yeah. Or can you make some homemade pasta because it's a fresh sauce. Yes. And the sugar and the colour and the aroma is going to hit me when I walk in the door. Well. And uh, then I'll have a plate of pasta. That's it.
0: Tomorrow night we'll get fancy. Ooh, good times. Well, we'll keep the sun shining. Great to speak with you, John. We might catch up with you next week. I'm not quite sure. Great to talk to you today. Though. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Enjoy. Right back at you. See you. Thanks. Um, you might have heard him on the Breakfasters. He's been around. He's here with us for just a little while, but we cherish this time. Digger, good afternoon. Good
4: afternoon, boys. How yeah. are
0: you? Oh, oh, mate, we miss you. Uh, oh,
4: likewise.
0: D- delighted that, uh, that you're back. And back
4: you are, my man.
0: <laughs> one year, one year's work all in the pipeline. Wow, you're going to be a busy boy.
4: Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, lockdown kind of put everything on the backlog, but I think it it was a a good time for a lot of people to sit down and have a good heart to think about the future.
0: Yeah,
4: and to think about you know maybe I'm going to have finally have that crack at growing my own food and and gardening in general. Yeah, um, and so yeah. So once once everything's opened back up again, I'm back face to face with students. It just exploded. So.
0: Yeah, next year's course is all booked. Wow. Well, congratulations. And uh, and that is that book of yours still available? It is,
4: yeah. Um, you what, go. What's the name of that book again? It's The Urban Farmer.
0: Oh, it's a bloody ripper. It's such a good book.
4: Yeah, well, it's kind of like I feel like I need to back it up and do another one now because, you yeah. know, things of Second edition. That, yeah, you just yeah to, a second edition. Just well, needs just to be revised. Yeah, well, just a bit more, you know, looking at, like weather, and, and even since, you know, it's been nearly five years now since it was uh-huh. written. Yeah. Um, and weather's changing again, and so on, you know, a few little tweaks I wouldn't mind doing, so maybe another second edition.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and if, um, and if you need some... Uh, look, I know that there is so much within that brain of yours uh, regarding horticulture, botany, uh, and all those sort of things, but uh, I was insanely inspired uh, going and visiting Yoast at... Uh, uh, the, the greenhouse down there at, um, <clears throat> what, did, what did I say the address was? River, River Walk River Terrace, yes. River Terrace, that's right. It's a terrace. Um, yeah. yeah, great ideas there. My God, uh, just, just amazing. But uh, if we look at the seasons, where we are, we were talking before coming on air, we're under the influence of uh, La Nina, uh, ocean yeah. oscillation at the moment, which affects our weather. And it is, we still say late spring.
4: Yeah, but it is definitely in the late spring. So, with all things going with the ENSO this year, that oscillation, um, we've got another batch of their predictions, but another batch of rain to come in early December, Ooh. and then a kind of a warmish, wetish kind of summer to follow through.
0: Yeah. So, Sorry, it yeah. <laughs> was an involuntary. Because uh, you mean it's not going to be, you know, this apocalyptic heat and uh, and drought and. Um and fire everywhere <laughs> That we had to deal oh. with at the beginning of the year That's
4: good Yeah That's good Yeah, years. exactly It's on the flip side of that coin We've flipped over into the other um, major weather patterns And so yes, it's a good one That's what made me think about Okay, well what sort of stuff is good to grow During that kind of weather cycle Yeah And the perfect one that needs a long, warm Kind of wetish season Is the pumpkin family So I'm sure all your listeners have you know, been madly thinking up pumpkin recipes for years and years and years.
0: Yeah, the the, uh, the sure great pumpkin. wanderer across the garden is the pumpkin, isn't it?
4: It is. It's a beautiful thing. I and, love know, I, use, I use it. To, um, Joseph was saying before about how you know, he's doing a bit of weeding and that kind of stuff, and yeah. I hate weeding, yeah. so <laughs> I just let the pumpkins run wild and cover it all up, and it looks fantastic.
0: Have you got a um, a, a favourite type of variety?
4: Well, we're, we're pretty. Traditional and I, you know, I'm a, a horticulturist who doesn't like to practice horticulture. I'm pretty lazy in the garden, yeah. um, so yeah. I go, I, I've just built up a seed bank of Kent and butternuts over the years, oh, okay. and so I, yeah. I, I just chuck them around every self seed and go crazy. They're, but was they're
0: saying, good contrasts, aren't they? Because the the <laughs> the the, the Kent is, or the Japanese pumpkin, as some people know it as, it yeah. has a high water content, so it's good for um, well, it's not too chan- challenging for the teeth, but the butternut has the best flavour of any pumpkin as far as I'm aware.
4: Well, this is a, this is a thing. I've been doing some research, can mm, mm, I've been mm. doing some research. Tell me, what would you find? Because I thought, well, this has been a completely different year of all years. Yeah. So why not go out and maybe look at some seed catalogs and plant out something completely different? So mm. that's what I'm planning on doing because you've still got time to plant pumpkins. You can still plant over the next three or four weeks. So I looked up one and went to our old, our old mate's diggers. Yeah. The club, um seed catalogue, which is always you know, it always new stuff. Um and their buttercup, so not butter buttercup.
0: buttercup.
4: Yeah. Of all the pumpkins, so they've got about I think it's about twenty five odd different types of pumpkins. Yeah. Buttercup was that what is the one that won their taste test.
0: Oh wow, okay. Well yeah you should pay attention to that one.
4: Well, do you pay attention
0: to horticulturists or to <laughs> people who are no, well, food, look, I, foodies, I, you know? I do when they do... No, when they do their taste trial. Well, the thing is, when they do their taste trials, you know, they probably got Stephanie Alexander in there with them or, you know, they... Uh, yeah. You know, I, because I remember the, the tomato tests that they did were so extensive... Yeah. And um, and they really came through, and they had a lot of foodies in the judging panels. If you refer to Digger's catalogue, there is one that I have always wanted to grow, just because of the look of it. It was the one, is it called Moon and Stars? Yep, yep, that's
4: the one. So, oh. yeah, it has one big bright yellow. It's like a very dark-skinned... Yeah.
0: And, um, ...and then it has, you
4: know, one big bright yellow... Ball, like a, a sphere, and there are yes. lots of little yellow specks all
0: over the nice sky. Oh my god! It is just—it's this mystical thing in your garden. I think it, mm. I'd, I'd like. And then there's the sort of Moor's head ones that have the weird sort of top on them. That's uh, the Turk's turban
4: might have you. a weird Thank top you. on the top. There you go. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they taste like, but they—they they look kind of interesting.
4: Yeah oh, they're very ornamental kind of stuff, and they, you know, there's lots of uses for pumping, But one I want to try, I want to really pump. Um, is the Jackby Little. Now, (laughs) they're the tiny ones. That's cute. It's about six centimetres. So think of like an oversized tennis ball. Yes. Super bright orange. And so they weigh about 220 grams or so. Yes. Perfect as a single serve. Wow. So you could stuff them and roast them and or use them as... You ever seen, you know, like Perfect Pumpkin as a soup bowl? You eat
0: the bowl. You just took the words right out of my mouth. As soon as you said that, I went, the bowl that you eat... Um, oh, that sounds divine! And you could yeah,
4: so Jacky, little—that's I reckon—that's what I'm going to go for. And you know, just store up a whole stack of tiny, super bright orange, incredible thing that would look in the garden. Yeah, because they're only small, you could even grow them up on a trellis or an arch or something, and they could cascade, and you just have these little lanterns hanging around. They'd oh, be really? Can they? Can, can pumpkins grow up? Yeah, pumpkins can hold their own weight. So even a Kent, Ooh. if it was over an arch, it would hold its own weight. Really? There you go. Yeah, they're incredible. Just... So if you've bored this afternoon, Google pumpkin tunnels and it'll blow your mind.
0: Pumpkin tunnels?
4: <laughs> pumpkin tunnels.
0: Oh, my God. I feel like I'm in a Lewis Carroll novel. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, through the pumpkin looking glass type thing. <laughs> wow, that sounds bloody awesome. Um, so, uh, Digger, we've got about five minutes um, left. This is a bit of a free kick. Cause, um All right. You know.
4: I've got more. I've got more. I, I, I'm Did
0: you sure you do. Uh, go. I'll j- just, I'm going to step back and just say, go, dig it.
4: Okay. Um, uh, the kai. So a lot of people like papitas. I think that's how you pronounce it, like pumpkin seeds, yep. just to eat raw. Um, and so that variety is a of seed. So literally, you don't even have to prepare them. You could literally scoop them out and eat them raw, or you could obviously, you know, roast them up or whatever it might be. But a beautiful, again, kind of like you mentioned, the moon and the stars, mm. this pumpkin is kind of yellow-orange. But it has these, like, green flecks oh. or um, um, shards mottling that through the very smooth, very spherical shape. You so know, pumpkins can get deep veins. Yes. This is like a full round basketball. Wow. This would be incredible. So, you know, and the thing about different pumpkins is you've got to think about your timing. So... Yes. On average, somewhere between 15 weeks to 18 weeks uh, until you get your yield. So yep. if you're planting you now like the little jackby little, because it's small, it's closer to the 15-week mark, mm. you'll be harvesting probably February, you know, like something like that. Whereas the larger ones you won't be harvesting until autumn next year.
0: Till the real autumn and the great abundance that we normally yeah. expect,
4: yep. That's that's the classic thing with pumpkins. Is that ideally you don't know exactly how many you've got until the end of the season when all the vine dies off. Yeah, and your fruit is just left sitting on the ground. You know, with their stalk left on them. So, yeah. um, it's a beautiful surprise to know what you've got.
0: There is something magical about growing these ginormous things, really, isn't it?
4: Ah, uh, absolutely. There's if you want to do a pumpkin growing competition with your friends, families, neighbours, um, whatever it might be. It's the Atlantic Giant
0: you're looking for oh I, was, I saw some of those down at um i did the in another world before covid uh one of my last things was the all Bossed show um <laughs> and uh, they had uh who was it, in conjunction with sailors grave anyway they had these giant giant pumpkins and they were humongous <laughs> yeah you almost need a tractor
4: things. to move it yeah exactly well they do that's they sometimes they actually
0: grow them on them on
4: a trailer Yes. because they won't be able to move them otherwise.
0: Oh, that's, you know? <laughs> uh, that's a good idea. All right, we've got about uh, a minute or so left. What should we be doing in the garden at the moment, other than drinking beer and watching the, the weeds grow?
4: I think drinking beer, watching the weeds grow, maybe get um, your hose. We know that some more rain is coming. Yay. If the crust of your soil is dried out, then it may just you know, be hydrophobic and run off. So oh. make sure that your soil is hydrated. So or it, at least
0: it can receive mol- the bounty.
4: Exactly, yeah, we want to make the most of it and get the nice deep soaking, so maybe just before you recline back with that can in your hand, mm. maybe put a little soaker hose on or something like that, just to hydrate the surface.
0: Oh, Excellent. That sounds like a great idea. Hey, um, I, Digger, I don't know if the, the listeners know uh, about this, but I'm going to be broadcasting over summer this year. So, oh, really? Yeah, who knows, maybe we can get you drag you in here on a, on a Sunday if you need to escape the family for a little bit. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you solos <laughs> Yeah, you wanna, magic You want to come and join?
4: Yeah, I'll come and join Depending on what it is you know, We're going to try and get away Because I'm, I've am i been at home since March So yeah. I really want to see get out and see stuff But if I'm around, I'd love to Always love to, can you know that?
0: Always a pleasure to chat with you Well, look, big love to the fam um, Big love to you from all the Triple R brethren Great, Great to chat
4: thank you And likewise, good to hear you, Matt